Welcome to the Not So Typical Family Podcast with Juan and Jen, where we hope to provide an honest perspective on marriage, family, and our faith. Here are your hosts, Juan and Jen Benito. Hey everyone, welcome back. Hope you've enjoyed all the episodes so far. It's like um, 40 of them out there, so listen to them. There's like six, but we're getting there and... Um, yeah, we want to hear from you what topics you would like us to discuss a little bit. Do you want us to focus a little bit more on Peanut? Do you want to know more about us? That kind of thing. So send us a message on at our website if there's certain things you'd like us there to There was address. a request because people wanted to know about how awesome Juan was. So. I did not see that email. That did not come through my... It was a direct message. <laughs> okay, so what are we talking about today? Today we were talking about marriage. Today Yay. we were talking about, but not just... So, okay, <laughs> we have tried to record a marriage episode. Um, like 10 times. Yeah, and it has failed miserably. It's like, yeah, ball of fire. It's so, yeah, that, that bad. <laughs> so today we are addressing one thing specifically, and what we're talking about today are expectations. So expectations in marriage. So coming into marriage what were your expectations so in order to get to that though we're going to talk a little bit about us and where we are so we again oh my gosh what <laughs> got married at 18 and 17 years of age we have been married for 17 years now going on 18 going on 18 years in may no actually that's not true going on 17 years going on 17 years oh we've only been married 16 years yeah you've been lying to me this whole time because <laughs> oh. we're in 2018 yeah oh Okay. This whole so, marriage has been a lie. So we wanted to talk about expectations and what brought us to where we are today. We've been married for 16 years. Jen just told me that she's been lying to me this whole time, <laughs> telling me it was 17. Going we will be married 17 in May, but our upbringings were completely different, and that severely impacted my expectations of marriage. So I grew up in a typical Hispanic... See, I feel bad saying that. Why? Because... But I think people who are Hispanic understand what that means. Yeah. So please don't get offended for me if... Because you've even had other people be like, oh, was your dad like that typical Mexican? Like, they right. mean it so, out of... So I grew up in a Hispanic household, and my mom... See, my mom did not work. My mom stayed home. My mom cleaned. My mom cooked. And I make my mom sound bad. No. His mom's house is spotless, head to toe. You can eat off the floor. Even when the kids were there every day, it was spotless. She makes homemade tortillas at almost every meal, and they never eat out. So I taught one what Hamburger Helper was, and mac, mac and, and cheese. cheese, and frozen chicken stuff. So, <laughs> like, this woman is the Betty Crocker, Martha Stewart, Mexican woman. Not offensive at all. In the best way. She, <laughs> she, she's just like that perfect, stereotypical stay-at-home mom. Like, the Cleavers, like, that would be her. Okay. I don't know who they were. So <laughs> like white people. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay, so, and what about your household? I thought we were still talking about yours. Oh, so talk about mine? Talk about more. Well, uh, like your mom. Okay, so, so that was my household growing up, and then my dad worked, and... I don't know, the kind of the unsaid rule was my dad was supposed to put dinner on the table and my mom was supposed to worry about the kids and that was her responsibility. Unless we got in trouble, then my dad did the spanking and that's kind of how our our house was and my expectations coming into my marriage were going to be that my wife was going to have dinner made for me 
and that she would iron my clothes and she would and clean your PJs. Yeah, no, <laughs> she didn't have to steam my PJs. Um, but that she would take care of that stuff, and I was supposed to go to work and put dinner on the table. But is that true? You were actually really good with the kids. You were very hands-on with them from the moment they were born, though. So I don't want to downplay that. Okay, thank you. Mom, just thank you. Okay. <laughs> so what so about you? My household, um, I am Hispanic, too, but my dad <gasps> is... My dad is from New York, and he has a multitude of different white races that <laughs> he came from. So I'm kind of a mixed mutt kind of thing. Um, but I was raised in, like, a Caucasian household. We didn't have any um, Mexican heritage culture growing up. The biggest thing was my nana made tamales at Christmas time, and that was it. And they were, like, white tamales, I think. Because every tamale I've had since then is nothing like hers. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, uh, my mom is very vocal. Uh, she pretty much run, ran our household. Uh, my dad is a little more passive and quiet um, with anybody. He's not super confrontational. He's kind of a lover of everybody. Um, and... There was no clean, cleaning and cooking all the time. I mean, our house is decently clean. It wasn't spotless. But there was no home-cooked meals. Uh, the most food I would get is we would go out to eat all the time. And then I had to learn how to make mac and cheese. And Well, and then you, both of your parents worked. <laughs> yeah, they both worked. So they were never home. Um, so it was a little bit different where my mom was always at home. And... and your mom, you had younger siblings to where I was the baby. So by the time my brothers were out of the household, it was kind of like fend for yourself. Yeah. So I ate cereal and mac and cheese. So again, the point we're trying to make is a completely, completely different, different upbringings. And then here we are at 18 and 17 years of age. We get married and... It blends in perfectly. We just Yay. make a perfect match. It just worked out <laughs> amazingly. No, so it didn't. Um, yeah, it, we struggled a lot for the first few years, especially. I would say the first two were probably the worst. Yeah, and, and again, we wanted to be honest and, and realistic and talk about the fact that we had these expectations coming into this marriage that Jen would have never met. And, and that, we never discussed. It's that, not like we were like, hey, I expect you to be this, this, and this by the time I get home. Like, I, I kind of feel like he had this thought that, you know, he doesn't know who the cleavers were, but I feel like he thought I would be home at 5 o'clock with a pretty dress and my hair all fixed and my makeup done, dinner all prepared, dessert, exactly waiting. What I <laughs> dessert waiting for the counter, all kids' homework done, put away, them all cleaned. I am picturing you as you say that. That's a pretty good deal. How do I get that? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't exist. <laughs> but that's not at all. Um, we both had to work as soon as we got married because we needed the money. So by the time I got home, the last thing I cared about was making dinner. All I wanted to do was spend time with my kids because I missed them tremendously. And I didn't want to clean. I didn't want to cook food for you. It was, let's do whatever basic thing we could do so that I could spend as much time with my kids before I have to put them to bed. And so that's kind of where we started to run into issues because of the fact that her reasoning for it was justified. It was the fact that she wanted to focus on the kids and use what little time she had to rest and focus on that. And I think I took it personal. You took it as I wasn't taking care of you because your mom pretty much did everything for you. As a way of her showing love for you guys. Yeah, and so it was a very personal thing for me. It's like, well, why is dinner not done? And why are you not cleaning? And 
why are my clothes not put away and just thrown on the side? <laughs> yeah. Why are they still where I left them? You should pick <laughs> exactly. them up. Exactly. <laughs> I'm still struggling with that one. <laughs> Nonsense. But so, so that's kind of on, on my end where I had these expectations coming into it. And then for you, what expectations did you have of me? Um, I don't know. It's a little weird. My dad pretty much took care of me too. Uh, his work, he was usually home in the afternoon. And so I, I remember him making me dinner and lunch and stuff like that when I was little. But um, I wasn't really expecting you to be like my dad in a way to where I thought I would win more fights and you would just shut up and take it to make me happy. That never <laughs> happened. <laughs> and I'm still waiting for that to keep happening and it hasn't. But... um. Okay, so for those of you that have watched Pets, <laughs> so her favorite scene is when the poodle is smacking the cat. Bridget. Well, Bridget, Bridget is smacking the cat. And, and what is she telling him? Tell me. Yeah. Don't look at him. Look at me. Yeah, that, we all <laughs> laugh. Because that is Jen. So if you've never seen that, just look up that part and you'll understand that's that's our marriage. Okay, but um, I was always a helpless romantic growing up. I would watch romantic comedies constantly um i believed in the love at first sight uh one person for you and that person would save you and rescue you and make you all better i did not no so i grew up watching you know cheesy 80s movies like 16 candles and um pretty in pink and breakfast club Pools Russian. Fool's Rush In was in the I 90s, but that was in the 90s. That was in an 80s okay. movie. Whatever. But those are the kind of movies that I thought. And I thought this guy would make me laugh, and he would, like, come and sweep me off my feet, and we would be happy, and life would be good. But I did do those things. You swept me off my feet. You made me laugh. And I got you pregnant. <laughs> you did not make me happy all the time. <laughs> and that was something that was an adjustment. And I think... This expectation, I mean, it comes from a lot of different places. And we always blame the whole Disney perspective of who your Prince Charming is going to be and come in riding on a horse and rescue you and damsel in distress thing. But even recently, I was talking to a, a group of high school students and we were talking about love and realistic expectations about what love is and what love is not. And one of the things that I was talking about, the fact is I love my wife, but I don't always like my wife. And one of the girls literally was like, oh, that's the most offensive thing you could have said. And she was offended that I was saying that I didn't always like my wife. And so when I asked further about it, it was like, well, you know, how could you not like her all the time? And it's like, wait a minute. Like you take two different people, completely different cultures, different upbringings, put them together under one roof. And I'm supposed to like everything she does 24 hours a day. And her honest response was yes. Like those are her expectations. Her expectations are that the person that she marries, she will like everything that they do. And my response is, well, you're going to be disappointed. And I think, like, society shows that now. I mean, the divorce rate is ridiculous because once we're not happy with something, we move on. There's no commitment. There's no uh, long-term work-it-out thing. And what I wanted to assure or address in, in that group was the fact that it's a choice, you know? I choose to love my wife. Every single day I choose to continue to love her. And I love her, but I don't always like her. I don't always like everything that she does. And trust me, she doesn't always <laughs> like me. <laughs> I like you often. Yeah, more than you 
don't like me. So that's okay. Maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but again, it is these expectations that we came in thinking that everything was just going to blend perfectly. We would figure it all out. Which is ridiculous because even when we were dating, it's not like you saw me cooking you meals and preparing all this stuff. Like, you knew I didn't know how to cook. You knew I wasn't a neat freak. I mean, you saw my bedroom. There was one thing that shocked me, though, to learn you did not like bacon. I do not like bacon, and you knew I did not like bacon. I I don't like pork at all. But um, it's not a religious thing, I promise. It's it's totally preference. Really? Where did that come from? (laughs) Which is because we just did the religious thing about... Christianity and some people don't eat pork because of the Bible and that was Old Testament. Well, I'm just I'm saying just... it's not okay. It's pure preference. She has eaten pork. I don't like it. But she's eaten it. But I will if I have to. But I don't like it. Okay. Okay. So anyway, so and even with him, like he is very opinionated and domineering in a way. You're, you're very wow. Not, <laughs> I don't want to say domineering in that, but you're very, um, your presence is very No, dominant. Jen, don't hold back. <laughs> your presence is very dominant. You're very strong in your presence. And I actually have a strong presence too, and I think that's why we butt heads quite often. But I don't know why I think that you would just give in to me magically because you put a ring on my finger. Tell me. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. We were very, as much as we're different, we're very much similar as where. We don't like to be wrong. So if you were to take both of our personalities and like match up with the person that you should be married to, we are the last person on the list that you should marry. Like we've kind of looked at that and it's like, don't ever marry this type of person. Be like, hey, that's you. (laughs) And then I think we've always looked at that as a challenge. challenge. It's like, oh, I bet you I could do it. And that's kind of the way our marriage was. But because of these expectations, the first 10 years were rough yeah it was very much uh what are you going to do for me before i do anything for you we looked at it instead of 100 percent all in it was 50 50 you very, give me half of you i'll give you half of me and it was very contractual right so it was a contractual relationship so i will love you if you love me i will do this for you if you do this for me and that made us both miserable right because there were a couple of times where we would fight over the exact same thing the desire to spend time together, to be more intimate with each other, we would be fighting over it, but neither of us would take the steps to make it happen. Yeah, because... I'm going to wait for you because it's your job. Because if you love me, you would do this. Right. And we would have saved ourselves lots of fights and pain. Yeah. And I, I will say the one thing that we have done right in our marriage is marriage counseling. We spent... A whole year going to marriage counseling every week sometimes two to three times a week yeah and that's how bad things got at one point where it was either we were going to fix this and move forward or we were going to be done and go our separate ways and i think that's kind of how we approached it and one of the things that um the counselor helped us realize is the fact that look you're both volunteering and willing to be in this relationship and you want the same thing but you need to learn to communicate better And a lot of it that came out were these expectations that we had on what we thought this person was going to do for us coming into this relationship that we never let go of. Right. So marriage doesn't always make you happy. (laughs) Um, Your spouse is not always your favorite person. And that was something I had to learn because at one point I didn't feel like you made me happy enough to be married to me. And that was when we separated, which we'll go into detail later. But 
because of that, though, and those expectations that I thought, you know, you were always going to be like my Matthew Perry to, you know, and that kind of thing and make me happy and do everything you needed to do to keep me happy and in love. Yeah, and kind of that view is like, well, if they don't make you happy, then maybe it's not the right person for you. So you should maybe we made a mistake. Yeah. And maybe it's because they're not the right person for you. And being able to accept that and to be okay with that, with the fact that, okay, you know what? She's not always going to get it right, but that doesn't mean I don't love her or she doesn't love me. Or, you know what? There isn't an ill intention behind it. Um, I remember our counselor would have us sit across from each other and tell each other that we were not each other's enemy. Like when you would do things and I was hurt by them, it's like, okay, like Jen's not your enemy. It's like, yeah, maybe this is the way it played out or this is the way it made you feel. But the intention behind it was not malice. Right. And um, the last six years specifically um, have been a lot better. Uh, We're a little more vocal with our expectations. We still fall into the trap sometimes where, like, I want you to want to spend time with me. And so in my head, it's, you're going to find a babysitter. You're going to get planted all. You're going to take me to a nice romantic dinner. And we're just going to have this perfect evening. And then when we come home, we're both going to still be in love and have so much energy to stay up all night talking. And, and I wasn't it would be... planning on talking. <laughs> and it would be just magical. But um, I'm just saying, if I've invested that much into it... That doesn't happen. You don't think that far ahead to plan a babysitter, to plan a night out. That's just not who you are. I've come to understand that if I want a date with you, I kind of have to make it happen. I do it occasionally. Every once in a while. It's very rare. Because you, you just don't think that far. I'm more s- sporadic, kind of like spontaneous. But because of that, though, I, I used to take that as, well, you didn't care. Obviously, you don't want to spend time with me if you're not planning these nights away. And that starts to hurt. When you think that way, that really tears down what love is. So let's go a little bit further. What about expectations and intimacy? So that was your kind of crazy intimacy. (laughs) (laughs) So overall, our intimacy level has been good throughout our marriage. Um, There was some false expectations that I think you had, I think, for a while. And what were those, Jen? I don't know where you're going. Yeah, and so we're not going to go into detail here, but... Mason's theory is we've only had sex three times because we've had three biological kids. Yeah. (laughs) That's what he's sticking to. Yeah, so that's that's his reality. But the, I think our perception of or expectations of intimacy are affected by a lot of things. Um, Whether your parents were affectionate with each other or not. Yeah, so I can barely remember a couple of times where my parents kissed in front of me. And actually, I can't. You can't. We've had this discussion. You couldn't think of it at all. Um, so neither of our parents were very affectionate. I am not a, an affectionate person almost at all. I have to consciously stop and hug you and kiss you. And if I don't, it totally doesn't bother me. I can go all day and it doesn't affect me at all. It does bother me. It does. You're very physical. And so that's something that has probably put the biggest strain on us. Yeah, it's just showing that physical affection. I want to know that she wants to be by me, and I like to be hugged, and I like her kissing me. So if you guys have the opportunity to look up a book called The Five Love Languages, uh, do that and figure out what your love language is. Juan's is definitely physical touch, and mine is um, 
and quality time. Um, but quality time is something we had to learn what it actually was. Uh, there were times where we would go to an amusement park with the kids and we'd be together all day and he would be with the boys, I'd be with the girls. Basically, we spent the entire day together and we'd come home and I would be like, spend time with me. And he was like, I literally saw you all day. I've been with you all day. <laughs> but it wasn't time with me. We were in the same area. We talked and everything, but it wasn't his undivided attention. It wasn't doing something with me by ourselves. Yeah, it was. We were in the same room. It makes me sound very needy. I'm not that needy. I promise. She is that needy. <laughs> but it wasn't enough. Watch all of Parks and Rec with me for the seventh time. <laughs> or office. <laughs> but it wasn't enough to where I felt like I had your full attention. And physical touch doesn't just come down to sexual intimacy. It yeah. comes down to just affection. Coming home and wanting her to want to hug me or to want to kiss me. Um, to spend that time with me. And a lot of times it was that that eventually led into the intimacy part. But if not... It was kind of feeling empty. Like, well, why doesn't she want to hug me? But I think that's where our contracts would come. As it was like, well, why am I going to hug him when I had to come home and do the whole dishes and make dinner? He doesn't deserve that time right now. Or why am I going to hug him if he hasn't made a single effort to spend time with me? Yeah, so it was very contractual initially. And that was something that we had to learn to overcome. Uh, but again, there was these expectations that, well, if, if she did love me, then she would he do would this. just do it. Yeah. He would know that he needed to do this. Yeah, she would know how he felt <laughs> without me telling her. Yeah. And so obviously that didn't work for a really long time. And so again, the first 10 years. Um, we yeah. like to consider our marriage in two parts. The before and after. Yeah, we're living in the after part. We are. And it's much better. <clears throat> but the before wasn't good. But I think the hard part was the fact that, again, that example wasn't there for us we didn't seek that out and well and then most of our friends weren't married um we had a lot of they were in high yeah, school. because they were in their early 20s <laughs> or they were just starting out married or in some college. of them were already divorced so it's not like we had a group of people who we can turn to who were going through the same thing yeah so we were trying to figure it out on our own and we were doing a horrible job of it of figuring it out anyways mm-hmm and again, when we finally sat down with the marriage counselor and she was able to mediate what we were feeling and kind of help us talk through it and learn to communicate, because that was a big thing for us too, but we'll talk about communication later. But I mean, that was, I, I remember us having conversations about what we thought our marriage was going to be and both of us like laughing, like, where in the heck did you think I was going to be like that? Like, <laughs> you married the wrong person if you thought that was who I was going to be. Yeah. Yeah, too bad. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You're stuck with me. <laughs> and it's funny, again, because a lot of times, though, the things that we did want, we wanted the same thing, but we were both so stinking stubborn. It's like, but I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to give in and tell you first. Right. Yeah. Or if she did it, if she loved me, she would do it. And obviously she doesn't love well, me. Well, I took it as what, like my whole helpless romantic, like if I had to plan it for you, then that means you didn't really want to do it. And I was forcing you to. So it took on meaning away. So what was the point? So what was the point of it? And I'm not going to do it. Right. And for me, it's like if I wanted to be intimate, it'd be like her view of it was, well, come on, let's go have sex. <laughs> and it's like, well, that kind of takes 
everything out of it because for me it's not the act as much as it is the affection and the well, physical because touch. I was a young mom with three kids and working full time and there was a lot of times I didn't have the energy I needed to give to you yeah and the expectation wasn't there it wasn't like it was hey you know let's get away from the kids for a little bit let's kind of thing I used to tell them like do I, I, I don't really want you on me when I've already had three kids all over me for the last, <laughs> you know, eight hours. <laughs> yes. The, but that. there is. It's, it's very much, I, I needed my own time and I didn't know how to tell you that. Yeah. And you needed your own space for you. And for me, it's like, well, you've been away from me all day. Why don't yeah, you you've been with the kids all day. Why won't you spend time with me? And it was like, literally. Why don't you want to hug me? Because <laughs> I've yeah, been holding your children for the last eight yeah, hours. I was expected to watch... 12 seasons of The Office with you at once. There season. is not 12 seasons of The Office. Oh, it was that Friends. is not. There's 10 seasons well, of Friends. Whatever it is. But, <laughs> There's eight seasons. But of again, the it's, no, you know, nine. how many of our relationships are, you know, are impacted by these expectations that you walk into that were never even fully addressed or, you know, these expectations that you had, whether realistic or unrealistic, whatever they may be, but they were never communicated. Right. Um, there's a friend of ours who, moved away not too long ago but he was single for a while and um, he was actually in our small group church and we always laugh about it because he would always say uh, when I get married again she's gonna cook me all these meals she's gonna do this she's gonna keep herself looking perfect and she's not gonna say anything back to me like he had in his head this perfect girl and I remember us telling him like what makes you think that she's gonna want you if she could do all of that like (laughs) and and I have to say he went and married probably a completely different amazing woman that far exceeded his expectations but yeah he lucked out yeah he did but i'm just saying like the expectations that he had on what he thought his wife was going to be yeah first of all unrealistic and second of all i think he later learned not important (laughs) yeah but for us i mean like you said earlier it's like we had these expectations that i think we just kind of made for ourselves because of the marriages that we saw reflected around us we wanted to do it better, and we wanted real so, love. Some of the things that we try to do now is be affectionate around each other in front of our children and try to, I think, model a healthy relationship. Yeah, so we flirt with each other in front of the kids. Not intentional, but we just don't stop because the kids walk in. I guess it's probably a better... Like, if we're kissing, we're not going to just pull away from each other because... Joey walked in. Or she'll walk by and be like, dang, girl, where you been all my life? <laughs> but the kids laugh and sometimes they're like, ugh. <laughs> but for the most part, I think it's all good because I think they see what a relationship should be. I want them to feel like, hey, I'm supposed to still want to kiss my wife and, you know, be intimate with her 17 years into marriage. Yeah. Um. So, again, you know. What else do we do, though? We don't take time for each other. We still slack for that. In what things? Taking time to be just us. Oh. We're really bad on that still. No, we're very good at giving for others. Yeah, we're very good best friends, which falls into a bad trap. Yeah, we're. that's one of the things that we have to be considerate of is the fact that if we're not careful, we become very good friends. And roommates. And roommates. And that's something that we have to address where we'll kind of stop every... And that probably is because I've taught you to not be as intimate or affectionate throughout the day because you're not used to me doing it. So we can go a whole day probably without touching. And neither of us really realize. 
and then it turns into a friendship and we have to address that too um so i mean again it's an ongoing process but i, I guess what we wanted to you know focus on is the fact that if there are some issues within your relationship are there because of the expectations that you have for your um spouse or significant other are that you, know, you haven't even shared with them yeah not even whether they're realistic or unrealistic but have they been communicated first of all if they're unrealistic <laughs> come on you know um and but at we, least give them a chance to meet the expectations yeah. if they know what they are and is your relationship a contractual one you know are you holding back from them because you're expecting them to do this first and if so, if, is that the right approach? Right. Because you know? marriage isn't 50-50. Marriage has to be 100-100 or else it doesn't work. Like, I remember the best book you ever bought was How to Be the Wife of a Happy Husband. Yeah. Like, that title alone just, I'm like, hey, you should read this. <laughs> but it was all about doing what I needed to do no matter what you were doing. And I remember when, when we were going through counseling and I had found a male mentor that had been married for a long time. Um, he sat down and be like, look, you need to be the person God has called you to be and be the best man that God has called you to be regardless of her, you know, with or without her. And if this marriage works out, because, again, we were separated at the time, if this marriage works out, then, you know, you'll be better for her and you'll be better together because she's working on her. But if it doesn't, you know, you'll be who God has called you to be. And that was probably some of the best advice I had received because it wasn't based on her. It was based on me. It was accepting responsibility for me and who I needed to be for my spouse. And it just happened to be you. Marriage take two. <laughs> yeah. So, again, um, hopefully, you know, your marriage is working out a little bit better than ours was at the time. But your expectations are realistic and you've communicated that with your significant other. Yeah, hopefully we were able to address things. Um, we will put in the comments, the description, the two books we mentioned, The Five Love Language and How to Be the Wife of a Happy Husband. So make sure you look for that. And like I said, if you have other things that you would like us to address, please send us a message and we'd love to tackle those issues. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to stay up to date. And if you'd like to learn more about us, check us out at www.benitofamily.com.